You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Jake from Sports Talk. I am your host, Jake LaFleur, and I'm glad to have you all in. It feels so good to be back in our studio. And before I get into all my plugs and everything, I want to do a, a quick shout out real, real quick to all of the Houston and Southeast Texas areas. Uh, I hope that you all stay dry and stayed safe throughout the Harvey disaster that we uh, faced over the last week and a half. That's why, you know, I didn't have my show uh, last week and I've actually been absent from the studio and, and, and everything like that. So I just hope that everybody, you know, stayed dry and I wish you all a speedy recovery from, you know, this hard time that has affected, you know, most of Southeast Texas. And for those that are listening online uh, to us on IRLoneStar.com, I hope you find a way to help out our city and our region to help recover from this disaster. And for those of you listening uh, from Florida, I hope that you have watched what has happened to Southeast Texas and you prepare you prepare properly for Irma that is now, you know, hitting a lot of our islands down in the, uh, down in the, uh, what's that? The Caribbean Caribbean. There we go. Um, prepare, be ready, guys, and, um, you know, I, I wish you the best as Irma comes your way. So, PSA's done. Welcome back to Jake from Sports Talk. I am your host, Mr. Jake LaFleur, here on Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. You can always follow the show on Facebook, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, and all other social media websites, or you can like, follow, and subscribe to ensure that you never miss an episode of my beautiful voice and Jake from Spigs, Jake from Sports Talk. We have a great show for you today. And with the start of the NFL season comes a new guest to my show. And I'm super excited to have him come in, talk a little NFL money lines, Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Mike, our money bags, Mike, excuse me. He'll join us during the second segment for Mike's Likes. And uh, we're also going to dive into the awesome start of the college football season uh, we had this past weekend. A long four days of college football, great excitement, lots of, uh, I wouldn't actually say there was a lot of upsets, but there was a lot of good games in general, uh, a lot of back and forth plays and everything like that. So, but as we start every show, every week, a week and a wrap, let's get started. Got a lot to talk about since we did have a two week break here. So fresh off the lines, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension was laid down at six games by commissioner Roger Goodell, uh, Zeke went through his whole appeal process where the decision was announced last night after 4 p.m. Eastern and the six game suspension was upheld. Uh, now, why the 4 p.m. deadline is the key in the last part of the story is because since it came after 4 p.m., Ezekiel Elliott is available to play in week one's game against the Giants on Sunday night football. Why that's important in general is a, it helps you know, the Cowboys chances against the giants and B I think it was a ploy by the NFL to say, Hey, look, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to uh, try to, you know, prevent him from bringing this process any further along in the uh, legal system. So we'll allow him to play that first game against the giants. 
and maybe he won't actually you know follow up in appeals court in actual appeals court not just the NFL's appeals court but uh it's probably not going to play out how the NFL wanted uh Ray Lewis came out this week and said uh, the reason why the Ravens decided not to sign the QB Colin Kaepernick uh was because of a tweet posted by his girlfriend displaying uh, Ray Lewis and the owner of the Ravens in a slave-related photo superimposed from the movie Django Unchained. The photo was released right around the same time that the Ravens had invited Kaepernick up to discuss his football future, whether or not he wanted to play football and everything along those lines, and whether or not they wanted to actually sign him as a backup quarterback. Can't blame the Ravens here for just turning their backs and saying, okay, if you're going to treat this situation and, and consider us like slaveholders, we're not even going to entertain you. So no, no, uh, no fault there. I think on the on the Ravens' part, the NFL announced that the Dolphins game this weekend against the Buccaneers on Sunday uh, in Miami will not be played uh, due to Hurricane Irma. They are exploring uh, other options, but they've already came out and said basically what they're going to do is they're going to play this in Week 11. They uh, both teams share a bye. That's harsh. Uh, that's a big deal. Because you're talking about 16 straight weeks of nonstop pounding football. Uh, I know once upon a time they they did you know play an NFL season with no bias, but that's that's incredible incredibly tough in the physical and with how physical the game is today. So uh, I, we're, I think you're going to see a lot of backlash here uh, going against the NFL. Um, other games that are being affected by Irma. Uh, basically, all the Florida colleges, University of Miami has come out and said they, they've outright, you know, canceled their game against Arkansas State. Um, no big deal there. But, you know, there's a fluff game anyways. Uh, MLB is getting ready to announce their punishment on the Red Sox franchise after the club uh, was caught red-handed using Apple watches uh, to steal signs when playing against the Yankees. Uh, the Red Sox did not really deny this when the Yankees came out and accused them of it, but rather they countered and accused the Yankees of doing the same thing in a different fashion. Now, the reason why the Red Sox are getting penalized here, stealing signs is not illegal in baseball. It has been done since the beginning of baseball all the way back, you know, when they were playing with actual sticks. But the reason why they're getting penalized is because they actually use technology to do it. Now, if you use your own two human eyes and you pick up on signals, that looks as though it's the fault of the, the the team you're stealing the signals from. But if you use technology, that's when they step in and they say, hey, look, this is not okay. Uh, Michael Bennett, defensive end for the Seattle Seahawks, comes out and accuses that cops drew guns on him for, quote-unquote, being a black man in the wrong place at the wrong time. The story uh, is that the police drew their firearms after hearing what sounded like a gunshot and turned on Mr. Bennett as he was walking the streets of Las Vegas after a May after the Mayweather and McGregor fight uh, two Saturdays ago, Michael claims that he was told by one police officer that if he moves, quote unquote, the officer said, "I will blow you, I will blow your explicit head off." End quote. Handcuffs were placed on Mr. Bennett, and then he was placed in the back of the car. And at at that time, they realized who they had arrested and pushed down to the ground and everything along those lines. Mr. Bennett said that I have never felt so scared and helpless in my life. In a time of police brutality and everything like that, this is a big story. And everything going on with the uh, race factor within the sports world and within, you know, just 
society as a whole in America right now. This is not a good look for the police officers. It's, you know, it's a terrible thing what they did just to assume that he was involved in the incident and the situation. If this is all true, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Mr. Bennett, I'm not trying to say his story is bogus. All I'm trying to say is that we have no, it's been almost, yeah, it's, well, it's been almost two whole weeks since this event has occurred, but this is the first we're hearing about it. And I don't really know why this is the first we're hearing about why Michael Bennett didn't come out sooner with this story and how no, you know, news organization has picked up on this at all. So it, that, that makes the story a little questionable. Again, it, I'm not questioning his credibility. I'm not saying the story is false, but nonetheless, it, it's a, it's a, if it did occur, it's a terrible action. And I don't think Michael Bennett is the kind to make up a story like this. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's a hard thing to watch, especially after we saw such good come from the Harvey reaction within society, not just within Houston with neighbors getting out and helping one another, regardless of race, religion, uh, political beliefs, anything like that, uh, to see a city come together so so strongly uh, is quite quite amazing. But outside of that, just the entire country and how much, you know, the Cajun Navy came in to help uh, all the um, the members of the, um, oh, from California. They had their, what were they called? They weren't the Coast Guard, the Coast Guard from California. Yeah, them coming in and everything. That was, it was just incredible to see how united this country got. And, you know, in a time of crisis when one of their major cities was having, you know, was, was struggling so mightily. Um, now, our last talk is going to be some soccer news. Uh, the U.S. soccer team played last night in a 1-1 draw against Honduras. And my ever hopeful and faithful U.S. soccer fan, station manager Dick Schisler, doesn't think they're going to qualify for the World Cup. How could you be so harsh to your national soccer team? No, I was saying there's a good chance. A good chance. So you don't think they're going to qualify? No, they don't. They're not very clutch. <laughs> so not there's very. a lot of situations they're going to be put in where they have to be. Well, when you're throwing so. dinosaurs out on a field to play against uh, young men, that that's probably not a good way to start, right? Yeah, I mean uh, that's a, what the, one of the biggest issues with United States soccer is the development. You have to be, ironically, one of the wealthier people in the United States to be part of soccer. Uh, long term, yeah, and uh, which, like I said, ironically, it's kind of it's the world sport, it's like the poor man's sport almost. Yeah. But unfortunately, for United States development, it's not. Uh, but now with uh, the coach is really heavily in MLS teams, and MLS uh, the MLS isn't currently a good league to to be clutch to win games. So. Well, so now he's been he's been the coach before in the past, yes, right? and it, a long time ago. But you don't like the bringing back of him, right? I mean, I, you're you're really limited when it comes to international coaches, mainly because the job isn't a full time. I mean, it is a full time job, but you're not working with a squad that's working every day and day out. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to find a good coach with the responsibilities, and that's really why I like Klinsman because he didn't just bring um, a coach; he brought a development system. He was really heavily involved with the, the United States development system of the youth yeah, and all that because he was really trying to promote that kind of system like a european system where you got to get these guys when they're young and you got to get them on the field every day learning the same discipline uh and unfortunately in the united states there really isn't anything like that available yeah uh, outside of the ymca really and the, the, <laughs> i doubt they have you know 
you know, good coaching. Because good coaching for a lot of places is what makes a good team down the road. I mean, the biggest example is Messi. Messi's probably the greatest player of all time, similar to Wayne Gretzky in hockey since. And he was with Barcelona since he was 12. Yeah. And there's a reason why people want to go to Barcelona to train at 12. When I think of part, part of the, the rich man sport uh, that soccer is in America is that you've got to pay so much to get it involved with those good coaches to be in one of those select leagues. And yeah. if you're not if you're playing FFPS, then it's not you're not going to get the the proper development as a as a soccer player as a young soccer. Well, player. Well, I mean, you get a lot of people who do see an eye that they have a good player on their hands; they'll move. And when people move, there's the question of of what team are they going to play for internationally. A lot of the players, if you look at who where they were born on our team, it's funny because the, the the squad that they put out against Honduras were mar- were largely born in the United States, but in the past with Klinsmann and the success we had with him, a lot of those guys were born in Germany, born in Spain, born in England, and they... Uh, but they, he drew them over to America. But he drew them over to the United States. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, that, that's a great strategy because you're getting good players instantly and you're reaping the benefits of those developments over across, like the development systems across the, the seas. But uh, yeah, the squad, the United States is going to be in a pickle because basically what's happening now is they're, my bet, my money is bet on fourth place. They're going to hit fourth place in the hexagon, which means they have to play a playoff round against Asia's fifth round. Uh, and so uh, Mexico and who else are, is in front of them? And right Costa Rica now? and Honduras. All three are in front of them. All three of them are in front of them. Uh, luckily for us, Honduras, we have two more matches left in the play in the group, and Honduras is playing the top two teams. So there's a good chance they might lose both games, but that means we got to win at least one and then to guarantee it, we with with the win both and they have to lose one at least one yeah yeah okay and, and there's a good chance of that but like i said the watching the game last night it was just it was it was piss poor and you're like all right so where do you go from here and there's just not a good talent pool and then our next two games are October 6th and 10th right yeah. against uh we're going to be playing uh Panama on the 6th and then the 10th we're going to be playing Trinidad okay uh, so i know we were talking about this a little bit before the show why wouldn't we throw out some youth against Trinidad? Really, what you're you're looking at right now is you need a guaranteed win. You need to put the best squad on paper out there because you need to get a result. Uh, with that, and that's what the that's what Bruce did yesterday was he played the team that he thought had the most experience to to, to develop a result. But with the symmetry with them, there just wasn't there. If you looked at the yeah. defense, they were just not communicating. Some some guys on that squad are over the age of 35. So you can imagine. I mean, that's old. I mean, that's old. Years. That's really old, unfortunately. And yeah. uh, when you have that many old guys on the, on the team, on the field, one of the areas is going to break down. And you, yeah. It's, it's bound to, right? It's bound to. So that's why, I mean, if you notice, after like the 25th minute, there were a lot of holes being dug around the field. And you're like, all right, so. Honduras is clearly knowing where to go now yeah. because we have weakness already on the field after the 20th minute. Uh, but with the young guys, what's nice about that is you don't know what to expect. They're, uh, the coach against them doesn't know how to develop a system, uh, and that's where coaching comes into play. So I I would put money on there. There's a good chance we might go to fourth place, and we're probably going to have to play, like, ironically, Syria uh, <laughs> or a good chance Australia. And now when it comes down to that, I think that's where we come into play to be a strong team because we are one of those teams in soccer that 
we do sometimes better against bigger names than we do yeah. smaller teams. We play up and yeah. we play down. Yeah. Both of those. So, well, yeah, I, I, we'll see if they actually. I don't think I think they'll get into the top three. I think they'll win these next two games against Panama and Trinidad. I mean, it's going to be a big deal. So, well, if they don't qualify, that'll well, that'll be national. I mean, that'll be world news. Well, I mean, the, that's the huge. More world news is Argentina not qualifying. Yeah, so what's going on down there? So uh, the way the qualifiers work, a lot of people don't know, and it's very – they play soccer all the time internationally to work their way up. And similar to when I use the word hexagon, hexagonal, what, basically what that means is there's uh, certain teams in the CONCAF, which is like a, a – yeah. imagine them as a league, and there's and they play so many games and they have a table, just like normal soccer has a table. Yeah. And uh, with uh, South America, they have a different – they have a con, uh, con – Commibol, or I can't remember, it's whatever. That's the league Commibol. for South America, and they have 10 teams. So the United States plays in a league with six. They play in a, uh, in a league with 10 international teams, and they're all pretty good teams. Yeah. So you're dealing with Brazil, Uruguay, Colombia, Peru, Argentina, Chile, Venezuela, Ecuador, and Paraguay, and then Bolivia. So you're dealing with like Way more competition. 70% of those teams are quality teams. So when it comes down to playing X amount of games, everyone plays the same amount. Can you imagine a World Cup without so, Messi? Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, my 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 joke is how corrupt all all soccer is worldwide. Is they'll they'll somehow get Messi to go. Yeah, they'll get him in there. So they'll somehow get him in there because I can't imagine you know what the publicity would be like without him. Because you're losing a huge oh, star. That, it's your number one player in the world. So, it's like LeBron not being in the finals. Yeah. So. Well, well, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out on the, on the U.S. team. All right, we're going to go to a break. Coming up next is Mike's Likes segment with Mr. Moneybags Mike here on the Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5, 106.1, worldwide on IR at LoneStar.com. You're listening to Jake from Sports Talk. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM Alright, welcome back to Jake from Sports Talk. I'm your host, Jake LaFleur. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to the show on Facebook, Google Play, iTunes. So that way you can stay up with the latest sports news and talk with your favorite host, Jake LaFleur. Now, I teased in the opening segment that we've got our next guest in. Hopefully he'll be in with us every week uh, for the NFL season for this segment that we're calling Mike's Likes with Moneybags. Mike's. So... That way he can give us what games to play and which games to run away from in each week of the NFL. 
So without further ado, Mr. Moneybag Mike. How's it going, Mike? Hey, how you doing there, Jake? Doing well, man. How you doing today? What you where, where are you calling from? I'm calling actually from Atlanta today. You're in Atlanta. What are you doing I'm out in here Atlanta? For work. Oh man. Yeah, I'm out here for work. I'm uh, scoping out the scene here, but but ready to uh, ready to chime in on the action. All right, awesome. Hey, uh, what do you think about the uh, NFL moving or yeah moving the uh, Tampa Bay Miami game to Week 11 on both of their bye weeks? Uh, it's tough. You know, you know, I get it. Obviously, we have to prepare for Hurricane Irma, but. Now we got the Tampa Bay Bucks playing 16 consecutive games without a bye week, so yeah, I mean, that's, we'll see that, how that goes out for them. They're going to be tired. That's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough 16 weeks. Why, why don't Why don't you think the NFL wanted to move them to like say Pittsburgh? That that stadium's open. Um, yeah, I think they were worried about just the the fan appearance. They'd obviously have a better fan appearance in Miami if they have you know a couple months' notice as opposed to doing it this Sunday. So they were looking to more go for the dollars as opposed to the. Uh, what would be better for the team. Yeah, the safety of the players. We'll be ready in week 11. Yeah, one way or the other. All right, well, hey, so let's get started. I want to start out with your uh, stay away from bets, your bad bets. Sure. Um, so first of all, you know, betting in the first week of the season is always really tough. You know, a lot happens in the preseason. A lot happens, a lot of free agent signings. So it's tough to really predict what teams are going to be good and bad. It's good to have a couple weeks under your belt. But But that being said, I'll start with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. Um, You know, anytime you hear the Browns' name, people want to start running and uh, start betting against the Browns. But uh, the Browns actually have had a lot of – they had 12 draft picks this year. A lot of impressive guys came in. Uh, First pick, Miles Garrett, uh, Jabril Peppers, and then Deshaun Kaiser um, is their rookie QB, who actually had a pretty decent preseason. The Browns actually went 4-0 in the preseason, which I know preseason doesn't mean much, but <laughs> you got to at least give them credit for winning four games. Um, and the spread is nine points, and the Steelers are an away team. It's a division game. I think the Steelers will still come out on top, but I think it'll be a lot closer than people expect. You don't think they'll get beyond the nine? Uh, you know, it's close. Obviously, it's still the Cleveland Browns, but I think the Steelers will win by three or four points. Three or four, wow. I mean, it is a division game. It is week one. It is on the road. But I just that 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 offense for the Steelers, I can't imagine them not pulling out a, a win bigger than that, more than nine. Yeah, I think it just comes down to it being Week One, and the Steelers in a division game. You know, they're a high-powered offense, but yeah. these division games are always low-scoring. Same with the Ravens and Bengals; they're always low-scoring. So the under actually wouldn't be a bad bet in this game either. No, yeah, probably probably not. So, all right, your next game. Uh, the Carolina Panthers at the San Francisco Forty Niners. Um, I think this is kind of a trap game because you see the Panthers and the 49ers yeah. pretty much struggled last year. And people still think of the Panthers as the Cam Newton Super Bowl Panthers. And last year was obviously the opposite of that. And, you know, Mike Shanahan is now the new head coach in San Francisco. He was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta, and they obviously went to the Super Bowl last year. So they're, I think they're a completely different team. And I think, you know, Carolina being 6-10, and 10, they're getting six points on the road. Um, I'm not betting any team that went six and ten last year. That's a six <laughs> points on the road. Like that's just no way. I don't care who they're playing. That's just a scary bet. Um, so I'm kind of staying away from that. People kind of see the 49ers and think they're a bad team, but I'm not saying they're a playoff team. But they're going to be a little bit better than last year. Yeah. Do you think uh, Rivera's on the hot seat there in Carolina? For sure. For sure. This season, you know, if he uh, if they come up with another six and ten season or seven and nine season. He is definitely on the hot seat. That's yeah. after obviously three years of going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I know, and that's I mean he, he's got Cam Newton. There's no excuse to go uh, go six and ten. So all right, next game. 
which is my my favorite game uh, to talk about I, too. Yeah, yeah, Giants and Cowboys. I mean, I, you have to talk about it. Um, you know, there's been a lot of kind of pumped up hype for the Giants, and I think a little bit of kind of down hype for Dallas. Um, actually, the recent power rankings came out, and they have um, the Giants power ranked at eight and Dallas at nine. They actually have hmm. the Giants ahead of Dallas, regardless of what happened last year. Uh, the Giants are getting four points. I think this is a trap. I think we can't just forget uh, Dallas last year, you know, with Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott. And I think they were kind of downplaying and thinking, oh, they're rookies. They're going to have a sophomore slump. Uh, but you just can't ignore the, the high-powered offense that they had last year. Um, plus, uh, Zeke Elliott, his six-game suspension was actually still upheld this morning. But uh, because of the late appeal, he actually gets to start this week, week one, and then he serves his suspension. So he'll be playing against the Giants this week. And I think that makes the, the overall difference in the Cowboys covering the four points. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with that. I think that the, it's going to be a close game, and it is every it is every year. It's, that season over, especially playing in Jerry World. Um, the good thing for the Giants, though, on, in that in that line, is that they do have uh, Odell Beckham. He's yeah, at practice today. He looked good. No brace. He's 100% to go for game one, two on Sunday. So, yeah, that uh, that preseason injury looked a little scary. It did. I was I was I was sitting on pins and needles there for a while there, Mikey. Everyone's <laughs> holding their breath. Yeah. All right, let's go over to your good bets. Which ones do you think are your winners for this weekend? All right, so first of all, my three bets, I kind of went against one of my cardinal rules, which is picking a lot of road teams. Um, you know, being a home team is, is a huge favorite, but the three matchups I have I think are, are just overall good bets. So the Raiders are going into Tennessee. Um, they're actually an underdog. They're getting two points. Um, I think overall you look at the matchup. The Raiders are 12-4 and four last year. Titans were nine and seven. Everybody is high on the Titans. They're obviously an upcoming team. Marcus Mariota, um, Demarco Murray. They have a lot of like weapons on offense, but it's still a twelve and four team versus a nine and seven team. I'm not on the Titans bandwagon until I see them win some close games. Yeah. Uh, and overall, just being a twelve and four team on the road, but they're actually getting points. I think that's kind of a steal. And the Raiders actually went into Tennessee last year around week six or seven, and they actually beat Tennessee. Uh, so the same game happened last year, and the Raiders won. So I think that can happen again. Well, and I think without knowing how Mariota's going to be with that leg injury, how he's going to return and play within a pocket and be able to you know, perform, I, that's too big of a question for me right now to say that Tennessee's going to be anything this year. Exactly, exactly. And that's, again, you know, Titans, I'm not there. They're obviously going to be a much better team this year. They have a really good chance to win the uh, AFC South, but I still think the Raiders and their car, Mari Cooper, they have Marshawn Lynch now. Um, it's just a too much, I think, for week one for the Titans to really come out and, and get a W against them. Yep. All right. Now, I see we got the Ravens uh, coming up in this next one. I, I'm, I'm curious to see what you have to say about the Ravens. Cool. Um, so, again, another division game, another road team. So, it's, it's really hard to predict, mm-hmm. you know, especially these week one matchups. Um, but this actually, I think, out of the three is, is my favorite for the weekend. I'm not usually on the Ravens bandwagon, and I'm not saying, again, they're going to go back to the Super Bowl Ravens. But I'm more kind of um, down on the Bengals. Um, they are just kind of been a team in, the de- team in the decline the last couple of years. Andy Dalton, I think, has kind of hit his peak. Um, he's really not getting the job done there. And the Ra- the uh, Ravens' defense is actually much improved both through the draft um, and through free agency. I think this is another low-scoring game. But the Ravens last year, I mean, they went 8-8, eight and eight, but 
all eight of their losses were by one score or less. Yeah. They were in every single game, and they could have easily won two or three more of those games and been a playoff contender. Um, so I think, again, it'll be low scoring. Of course, it's going to be close, but I could see the Ravens, even when, and they're getting three points, which is insurance, but come out and get a you know 13-10 to 10 win, you know 16-13 win, that, that type of low game. Well, and, and the funny thing there is is that I, I'm actually kind of up on the Bengals this year, and I think the Bengals are going to be the surprise out of that division. I think the Bengals actually win okay. their division this year. So, um, Okay, all right, well then. But it's it's early. We'll, we'll it's, agree to disagree. Yeah, we'll, we'll, agree, we'll agree to disagree. And uh, Okay, so your Chargers is your last game. Um, I'm curious to see how are you on the Chargers, not just in this game. You can give me this game as well, but I want to know what you think of the Chargers on a season uh, season overall. Right. So I think the Chargers, they, they're they kind of similar with the Ravens last year. They lost a ton of close games, a ton of heartbreak games, especially early in the season, like a lot of fourth-quarter comebacks. They mm-hmm. blew a lot of game-losing field goals or game-winning field goals, and they had a lot of opportunities to win some games. But down the stretch, they played much better. Um, you know, they won five of their last eight games, where Denver lost five of their last eight games. Yeah. So, um, I think they're a team that definitely gained some weapons um, on offense. Um, Melvin Gordon looks great. Phillip Rivers is still very, very capable of putting together a great season. Um, and I'm not, I don't know if they're, you know, I don't think they can take over the, Ra- uh, the Raiders in that division or even the Chiefs, but yeah. I think they can definitely get to an 8-8, eight 9-7 and eight, and type record and kind of take steps in the right direction. Yeah, so I agree with you. Um, I, I'm up on them this year as well. And I, I want to know, do you think they make the playoffs? Do you think there's three teams out of that division that make it this year? Um, fortunately, not. No? Um, I think I mean, I think the AFC South, I think, will have one winner. I think the Patriots will win the AFC East, and there won't be another contender in that. But then it comes down to, you know, who's going to be some of those other teams, right? Is it going to be three uh, in the West, or is it going to be three in the North? I think there's a better shot at having three in the North than there is three in the West. Probably. We'll have to see how uh, – I, I, just with the the QB situation going on in Detroit with um, uh, Stafford getting the extension this year, I usually, you know, it's usually a pretty decent bet to say that uh, on a, a QB on a after coming off of a contract signing year off season, they usually have they usually play right. down that next year. So, um, we'll, right. we'll yeah, right. so we'll see how Detroit does this year, and they, you know they're down weapons on the offensive side as, as well. So we'll see how that plays out, right. but. No, okay. Yeah, so but I do think Chargers and the Chargers, the Broncos, they have. I mean, they, their quarterback situation is still yeah. pretty murky. They got Trevor Simeon in there. Their defense is still great, but it is kind of like getting older. And I think the Chargers getting three and a half points. The Chargers actually beat the Broncos last time they played. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of like a generous, a generous amount of points where even if the Broncos won by three, you'd still, you'd still take your money and run, you know? And I think it's going to be a close, low scoring game as well. I, I don't see those two offenses putting Agreed. up, you know. You know, 100 points combined. So, all right, Mr. Moneybag Mikes, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Hopefully, we can do this again every week. You got it, Jake. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Thank you so much, bud. You have a good one. Have a good one. All right. That was Moneybags Mikes here on Mike's Likes segment. Here on Jake from Sports Talk. That's a lot of likes right there. So, here we go. Uh, So, he likes his Raiders, he likes his Ravens, and he likes his Chargers for this weekend. Stay away from the Steelers, the Panthers, and the Giants. All right, guys, this is Jake from Sports Talk. We'll come back with some uh, college football wrapping up from this opening weekend, four-day weekend. It was a blast and a half, and I am excited 
to get into the A&M Aggies. Blowing that. Oh, it was so sweet to watch. So good. Stay tuned. La, 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 la. Oh, Grandma, what big ears you have. All the better to hear the Cindy Cochran show with my dear. Ah! Monday through Friday mornings, 10 a.m. to 11, exclusively on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1. Simulcast globally on IRLoneStar.com. Listen, if you dare, to Real Reality Radio, the Cindy Cochran Show. A Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for summer internship opportunities, A Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to grab the mic and be on the air. A Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world all year round. Be an on-air personality, talk show producer, or YouTube TV podcast editor. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Hey guys, uh, make sure you uh, go and follow uh, all my social media stuff. I want to know what you guys thought of that last segment. I thought that went really, really cool. I like the... Uh, I like learning about the betting side of, of sports in general. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I know in Europe, betting on soccer is like a huge thing over there. And like they've got booths and stuff and inside the stadium. And I don't think we'll ever get to that point here in America. We're too conservative for that. But uh, no, I really I really enjoy that, that side of that. And Mike, Moneybags Mike knows a lot about the, the betting side of things. And, and he's, he's good at it. So I would... I would trust his his knowledge and everything. But you are listening to Jake from Sports Talk here on Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Now we're going to transition from football to football, but NFL to college. So getting into this weekend's uh, games from this past weekend that we just had, uh, we had a big upset that I really wish I had. um, My Not a big upset. That caught me off guard. Not a big upset. I was going to call this game last week, and I was going to tell you, hey, look, in this game, this is who I like. But now that we've already passed it, you know, it's kind of like hindsight's twenty twenty. Oh, yeah, sure, you were going to say that, whatever. No, no, I, I really was going to put out there that Maryland was going to upset, that's the time, ranked Texas. Uh, Maryland did beat Texas 51-41. to I'm not shocked by this at all. Uh, Texas should not have been ranked, and I told you that, I think, two weeks prior to that. Uh, the fact that when the polls first came out, the fact that Texas was ranked was just simply because of Herman. And if you really, if you watch that game, it was a sloppy game. And it, I expected them to play under Herman a little more organized. I didn't expect them to win, but they looked just incredibly sloppy. And it was really, really bad football to watch. And it wasn't like Maryland played extremely, you know, great football, but it, it just, it was a, on both sides, it was just a sloppy, and Texas shouldn't have lost that game. If if they had any sort of offense, that uh, they should have won that game. So it was it was not an entertaining game to watch, but it was funny just to be able to you know laugh at the fact that yeah oh you silly committee or you silly AP poll people putting uh, Tom Herman's Texas up there in the ranked 
Uh, Michigan versus Florida. That went on up in Dallas. Um, the bigger note out of here is not how well Michigan played. They won 33 to 17. The bigger note is, is Florida uh, and how poorly they played and how just that sets up the West for basically th there's nobody out West. Uh, I don't think Georgia's that good. And we're going to talk about uh, the Georgia game coming up this weekend against Notre Dame. Um, I don't think uh, Tennessee is that good. Tennessee had just a barely close win against Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech is not that good of a football team. The SEC East is just an abomination as far as SEC football standards goes. So, uh, and Florida was was the one that was supposed to come out of the East and and supposed to be the dominant out of that side of the the division. But I and I I think they will. I think they end up will still winning the East, but. You saw how bad Florida really was this weekend because Michigan isn't that isn't that great of a football team this year. This is a rebuild year for them. They're really down. So um, quite interesting in that. Continuing on the SEC train, uh, Alabama's winning the national championship. Go ahead, sign the the check for them. Give them the trophy. Uh, their defense, I mean, just their defense was smothering Florida State and. I know Francois, the starting quarterback, got hurt and injured, but still, to hold that that offense, what was supposed to be a high-powered dynamic offense, to only seven points, and that was week one. So we're going to see the development of this Alabama football team, especially on the offensive side of the ball, continue to go. They had uh, several injuries, on Alabama did, on the defensive side. They had a couple suspensions that had players out for this game on both sides of the ball, and yet they still look this dominant. It's very much the next man up mentality. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, as an LSU fan, it's not going to look too good for us. Uh, uh, Virginia Tech, West Virginia. This took away from, uh, or this did not get as much hype uh, as it should have just due to the A&M game that was on at the same time. Uh, West Virginia, or sorry, Virginia Tech won 31-24. That was a really entertaining game to watch. Uh, a lot of fun, very fast-paced offenses, but also the defense. They were very. That was a very physical uh, football game. Uh, Tennessee, like I mentioned earlier, they won forty-two to forty-one over Georgia Tech in double overtime. Georgia Tech went for it in double overtime for the two-point conversion. Didn't get it. Tennessee drove down, scored, kicked the extra point, won. Um, I'm not going to blame the coach from Georgia Tech for going for it. Their defense was shot. It didn't matter. They they had to go for the two, basically, because if, if even if they kicked it, there's no way their defense was going to be able to stop uh, Tennessee. So I can't blame them there. And then, obviously, the Texas A&M loss, 45-44 uh, against UCLA. Uh, A&M, uh, I, don't, I, I don't even have to say anything to the Aggies. I was watching it at a bar with a bunch of you and just to see the disappointment on all of your faces, that was, uh, brought joy to my heart, but no, I, yeah, it was, uh, to be up 34 to 10 at halftime that, and to blow that lead, someone's on the hot seat. Someone's gone. I think before the end of the year, I don't think he makes it through the entirety of the season. Uh, and a and going to have to do a rebuild process over the next two years, essentially, uh, they've got to hope they can get in a good coach, and that'll bring a better defensive system into that into that program. So, uh, looking at the new top twenty-five that was released by the AP poll, uh, number one ranked Alabama and number two Ohio State staying at the same place. Clemson and Penn State and Oklahoma all jumping up uh, two spots. 
USC goes down two spots. Washington, Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida State, Oklahoma, LSU up to 12, Auburn at 13, Stanford at 14, Georgia at 15, Miami, Louisville, West Virginia, Kansas State, Washington State at 20, South Florida hanging in there at 21. Florida dropped five spots all the way down to uh, 22. TCU was not ranked prior to this, bumped to 23. And um, we're going to talk about them in the next segment. Notre Dame, not ranked before this, bumped up to 24. And we're going to talk about them in the next segment. And then Tennessee uh, staying play, staying hold at number 25. Um, so where those rankings come into play and which games I think uh, that are going to be interesting ones to watch. Sam did get a win this past weekend. Go Bearcats. And they've got Prairie View A&M coming up this weekend. And so we will talk about when we come back in our last and final segment, unfortunately, the games that, this, that are coming up this weekend in the college and NFL that I want to watch that I think are going to be good games, so on and so forth. So you are listening to Jake from Sports Talk here on Lone Star Community Radio. Don't go anywhere. Hang in tight. We're going into our last segment. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Attention movie lover. The Ticket Stub is a new radio show servicing Montgomery County that is meant for you. The Ticket Stub is available live every Thursday at noon on FM 104.5 and 106.1, as well as anytime on IRLoneStar.com. Connor and Dick will let you know what's coming out in the theater, what is worth streaming, and what's going on in the world of film. The Ticket Stub, your home for movie talk. Welcome back to Jake from Sports Talk here on Lone Star Community Radio. Hey, guys, don't forget you can get involved during every show on my Facebook at uh, Jake from Sports Talk. Just look it up on Facebook. It's out there. Or email me at Jake from Sports Talk at gmail.com. That way you can get involved. Tell me I'm an idiot. Tell me you hate me. Tell me you disagree with everything I'm saying. Or the more uh, my favorite way of doing it. Tell me that you love me and you love what I'm doing here at Lone Star Community Radio. Love what Lone Star Community Radio Studios is doing as a whole. Uh, and don't forget, if you ever miss a show, you can go back and listen to the podcasted version on Google Play or iTunes. Just look Jake from Sports Talk. Or you can go onto YouTube and look up Jake from Sports Talk there as well. Make sure you follow and like and what, what, anything else to way that way you never miss a show just in case you ever miss one you'll get a little ding as soon as it's uploaded and you'll be good to go from there all right so as we talked about at the end of the last segment going to look at the games coming up this weekend now we're going to start in the college world and we're going to progress into the nfl realm so looking at uh number 17 versus uh sorry number 17 louisville versus unranked unc now uh, Louisville has moved up 
to uh, or sorry, down one spot. They and they had a tough win this past weekend. They won, but it was against a, a team they should have just annihilated, uh, but they didn't. And uh, UNC, I think, has an act. I think they have a better program than a lot than they get credit for. So I'm going to go ahead and put Louisville on upset alert right there, and then also TCU. I'm putting you on upset alert as well against Arkansas. Uh, TCU is not known to have a good defense. TCU is known to struggle against good off our good defenses. So Arkansas has a decent defense. Um, we'll see how well Arkansas had a big win this last week and they weren't tested at all. Uh, TCU had a good win as well this past weekend, but it wasn't really a, a strong test. They just threw up a lot of points. So the AP poll likes that a lot. That's why they're now ranked. Uh, I think Arkansas has a real chance uh, since they are at home against TCU. So uh, Louisville, number 17, and number 23, TCU. I'm putting you two on upset alert. The big games coming up uh, from the uh, college football weekend are Auburn versus Clemson, number 13 versus number three. Um, The last time these two teams played, Clemson won, but it was a close win. It, this is going to be a good a good game in a sense, but I really think Clemson has enough to hold off Auburn, and I think Auburn is overranked. Uh, I don't think Auburn is the 13th best team in the country, and therefore I, I think Clemson's going to knock them down a few pegs. Uh, but it's not going to be a blowout by any means. Uh, the Georgia versus Notre Dame, 15 versus number 24. Notre Dame has gotten no love coming into this football season. Chip Kelly is on the... Uh, are struggling, I guess. He's on the hot seat. And uh, I, I think Notre Dame, especially since this is in, uh, Notre Dame is at home. This is in South Bend, Indiana. That's a hard place to go and play. A really hard place to go and play. I think Georgia loses this one to Notre Dame. And I think Notre Dame is going to skyrocket up the uh, up the charts in the top 25. I don't think it will be deserved. But uh, Notre Dame is, I, I think, going to end up winning this game even though they may not necessarily be the better team, but these two teams are pretty close, and I think them being at home favors them a lot. Uh, The next big game, Stanford versus USC out west. Uh, USC is, sorry, Stanford is actually favored in this, even though they are ranked lower. That's number 14, Stanford versus number 6, USC. I think Stanford gets the win, uh, even though they're playing at USC. It's not a big travel for them from the farm. So I think, uh, but this will be a really good game. And uh, to see basically whoever wins this, I think has the best chance to win the uh, Pac-12 this year. So uh, with Washington State and Washington in the top 25 as well, uh, we'll have to see at Washington State University. I'm not, there should be no concern for USC or Stanford there. Uh, Washington will be the concern that, uh, that these two teams have to look out for. Uh, going down into the future road. Um, but I think Stanford takes this one here and now. Oklahoma versus Ohio State. Oklahoma beat Ohio State last year. Nearly cost Ohio State a chance to get into the playoffs, which would have been uh, completely into, or a completely different result for the end of last year's, uh, uh, last year's game, or sorry, national championship. But I think that uh, Ohio State this year covers the uh, spread, and I think they take care of business. And I think they're going to put a smackdown on Oklahoma. And, uh, yeah, that should be interesting. So now moving on over to the NFL. A lot of these games are coming out of the NFC East. There's not a ton of, like, really attractive, fun games to watch. You've got football on on Sunday. 
this weekend and it's NFL football. So I think, uh, you know, you're going to watch one way or another. You're going to go out to a bar. You're going to spend some money on some beers and food and whatnot. But my, the games I want to watch Eagles versus Washington. I want to see what those offenses look like with uh, both of their quarterback situations and, you know, how, if they're really going to be as good as what we truly think, if Wentz is going to be as good uh, as, as what we think he's going to be, and how that defense for the Eagles looks. We know Washington's not going to have any defense. It, I'm, I'm just, it's going to be a very interesting game to watch. Texans versus Jags. A lot of people like the Jags this year, and I, I feel like they got fooled on the bandwagon thing last year, and they're making the same mistake this year. So, I'm no, I don't, I don't trust the Jags. I'm excited to watch Texans football. Being from Houston, it's always a fun atmosphere here in the greater Houston area. And I think this will be, you know, I know the game's not here, but I think it'll be a good, uh, a good distraction for, you know, everybody after going through everything here with Harvey. So uh, Raiders, Titans, um, Moneybag Mike's uh, mentioned this as well. He likes this this game. Um, this is going to be a fun game to watch in general. I think these two teams are on the rise, and um, I, I, do, I do think the Raiders beat the Titans, even though they're on the road. But it's going to be a fun game in general to watch. And then the last one, obviously— Giants versus Cowboys, you can't go wrong. Playing in Jerry World in Dallas, I just, I, I can't, I can't describe to you as I, I'm from a divided household. My uh, middle, the middle brother, the middle child, and my mother uh, were Cowboys fans, and my oldest brother, myself, and my father are Giants fans, and. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's always fun every year when they come when they play each other, and especially the season opener. It's always you know the first game every year. It's Sunday night football. It's in Dallas. It's at that giant you know what people call a beautiful stadium. I uh, I enjoy watching it usually, especially when the Giants win. Especially after last year, they gave Dallas their only two losses on the season. So uh, I, I I really look forward to this game every year. But outside of my personal interest, I want to see what the New York Giants offense has to offer. They went out and they spent money this year. Offensive line and wide receivers and running backs. I want to see how all that gels together. I want to see if Eli can stay under two interceptions per game. I want to see if he can not throw an interception in the third or fourth quarter. I want to see if that defense is going to be able to last We've got an older defense where we've brought in some young kids over the last year and this year, but we still have a, I mean, I think our average age is probably in the upper twenties, lower thirties. So I want to see if our defense can last because they always get hurt every year. Cowboys. I want to see if Dak and Zeke can, you know, basically repeat what they did last year. If Zeke can keep that, um, uh, well, he's got the six game, you know, um, suspension, and I want to see if he's going to be able to perform throughout, not just in this game, but throughout a whole season like he did last year, if Dak is going to be able to have the same accuracy that he had last year and the same completion percentage. You know, I want to know what uh, what the Cowboys' defense is going to be like this year. They were, they were improved last year, and I want to see if they continue to improve. So we'll see how that – that's going to be a fun, exciting game. The Texans – uh, real quick, back on them. I'm really interested to see um, how the quarterback situation plays out. 
this is going to be a season long sort of drama, I think. And um, I think the fans may not get what they want right away. And I think eventually once, once they do get what they want and I, to all Texans fans out there, all Texans fans, please, please be patient on Deshaun. Don't rush him getting the start. Don't rush him once he's in. Don't don't make him feel any any more pressure than he has already on his back. That man is a young man, and he is just now entering his NFL career. We don't need another David Carr situation where we rush him out there, and as fans, we ridicule and criticize him. Texans fans, you can be some of the best fans in the entire NFL, but there are times where you can be ridiculously cruel and ridiculously harsh to your own players and to your own coaching staff. So please, I I beg of you, give Deshaun some time to grow. Give him a break, okay? Don't become the next Eagles fans where literally everybody hates you. So with that said, that will wrap up this week's edition of Jake from Sports Talk. I am your host, Jake LaFleur, here on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Don't forget to go and follow all the social media websites, Google Play, iTunes, Facebook. Check out IRLoneStar.com. See what the station's got going on. If you're listening on IRLoneStar.com, get it out there. Go like their Facebook page. Go like uh, go like the studio's uh, Twitter and everything they've got. Check out all their other shows. Our station manager's got a wonderful you know, movie talk show on Thursdays coming up tomorrow. Make sure you tune in for that, guys. I'd like to thank Dick for being in here for his money talk, and I'd like to thank Moneybag Mike's, or not money talk, soccer talk, and I'd like to thank Moneybag's Mike being in here on his soccer, or on his money talk. There we go. All right, thanks, guys. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respective video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936-647-3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas, at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images.